everybody. Welcome to Bottom Line with Bob and Kendall Ehrlich. It's a very difficult week yeah. uh, throughout the world, and we'll be discussing that in just a second. In the meantime, we'll ask you to get a meal at our friend's uh, wonderful restaurant, yeah. Masoni's. And Not cheap. But inexpensive. Exactly. And delicious. <laughs> and delicious. Secondly, how about those Susquehanna Riverhawks? Six and zero, I I believe. Yeah, six it's and been a little, little soggy on Saturday. We but, should uh, know. Uh, it's been fun to watch. It's a really great team, and uh, we urge you to you can go on the website and you can watch yourself. So that'd be fun. A lot of highlights Saturday. on the website. Right. Absolutely, follow them on Twitter. Uh, number eleven or number twelve, depending on the poll this week. And we are quite proud of all those boys working real hard, and especially number fourteen, the quarterback. Uh, third. We really, really appreciate the uh, feedback we get from certain shows, from every show, really. But last week, a lot of feedback, a lot of positive feedback concerning the Speaker McCarthy show, our observations with regard to Speaker McCarthy, his position, what occurred 18 months ago when he was first elected, and, of course, the present status, which is, as we go here to tape our show, clearly unknown. There's a vote today, allegedly. Uh, with regard to speaker, but that is still very much up in the air. Yeah, I think that people uh, were glued to that process because it hadn't. It was historic. It had never happened before. So here we are, and hopefully we'll get a speaker soon because of we course, need a speaker uh, in these particularly tumultuous times. We need a speaker of the United States Congress. That's for sure. We need the United States to speak with one voice. But we'll get to that in one second. Just a quick tidbit concerning uh, women's sports and men and women's sports. Just uh, hopefully you saw this uh, on Twitter, actually in the national news now. Roanoke College, very similar to the Penn situation. Uh, Go a, ladies. A male on the, on the men's team uh, takes a transition a year later, uh, goes on the women's team. The women are resisting. Riley Gaines is out there. A lot of... She's doing a great job, by the way. She's sort of the face of this movement. I think she's doing a great job, and it's important. And it's something that she certainly never dreamed she'd be doing. Uh, but here we are. And I, I just... I hope I hope this runs its course, that, the, that this is a cycle of craziness that might at some point end. You, We hope we could say that every week in our family, don't we? we every do. day and every week and every month. But this is particularly crazy. And, and with regard to those who do transition and all that, there should be a separate category. They can compete. No problem with that at all. Just biological males competing against females is unfair. Everybody knows it. It's just common sense. It's not it's, controversial. Yeah, it, it is not. It, there's really not another side to this no, issue. Anyway, so we are uh, going to do a mini show here next few minutes with respect to what went down in Israel and Gaza over the past uh, few days. Four observations we're going to discuss. Uh, the first is, for the most part, the world's condemning the, the terrorists. Appropriately, of course, uh, but that's not enough in this situation. This was a particularly horrific yeah. chapter in the ongoing saga of Gaza and the West Bank and Israel and the Palestinian cause and the whole nine yards. So, uh, condemnation appropriate, absolutely, but that leads to my next three observations. And the first is, babe, we talked about this. We expected it. Other conservative, especially conservative commentators, have 
discussed this in the past 72 hours. Beware the moral equivalency argument. There is none. It is really unbelievable to wrap your head around that there's another side to this horror. I mean, it is savage. It is barbaric. It is something that in our lifetime we've really not seen. And and they have the right to defend themselves. Not on this scale. Not on this scale. We've seen it. We haven't seen it on this scale. On this scale. It's just horrific. This was clearly an intelligence failure with regard to one of the best intelligence agencies in the world, in Israel and, and the United States and the Western allies and everyone. Very high price to pay for that intelligence failure. Well, but we know because you, you visited Israel several times. Three I've, times. I've been there once a long time ago now, but... But there is a feeling in that country that peace, they're always striving toward peace. Yeah. And I think that sort of, not their total guard, but there was a, a feeling, letting down. a letting down of, of the guard a bit. And I, I can tell you that in our lifetime, that won't happen again. That's for sure. Uh, the state of Israel is about never again. The state of Israel is about Zionism. And with Bibi Netanyahu running the show, you Thank better goodness believe. goodness he's there, You better by the believe way. never again. So the, with regard to this point, there is no moral equivalence, period. There is no semicolon. There is no but to this argument. It's simply an horrific campaign brought about by a terrorist organization in order to kill people. Well, it's an act of war. It's an act of war, and it's been interpreted as such. And as the prime minister said uh, the other day, Hamas started this, but you better believe Israel will finish it. And from a strategic viewpoint, I guess other than the politics of appealing to pro-Palestinian groups around the world, it certainly makes no sense. Israel with overwhelming strength with regard to its military, its willingness to protect its people, its history. From a strategic military viewpoint, this makes no sense. Obviously, Hamas had a few victories at the beginning here as they took Israel by surprise, but that's not going to be the case. And as we take the show here today, Israel, with regard to Gaza, no mercy. Well, I asked you also, I, I heard one commentator say, well, that Hamas thought the Arab world would unite with them. And <laughs> well, I thought to myself, words well, are cheap. That, that's not really happening. I mean, they may Egypt, get some rhetoric. They may get some rhetoric. Egypt along is those not lines. even opening their border. <laughs> yeah, so, oh, boy. I mean, it's, it's, I, I, yeah. uh, I just feel for them. I feel for the families. Uh, you feel for innocent victims everywhere. Innocents die in war. Innocents die in war. And, and you feel terrible on, on that account. But, this was a war begun by Hamas. It will be f- completed by Israel. Second obser- Third observation really here, and this goes to geopolitical politics and the presidential race. Hopefully, America will recall, and it's really the Republicans' mission, and if, if President Trump is the nominee, his mission to remind the world with regard to his policy in the Middle East, mm-hmm. his policies that were working, and most especially his wonderfully effective policy at the time of increasing the pressure on the Iranian street. 
Hamas is funded, Hezbollah is funded by Iran. Everybody knows that. During the President Trump's tenure, he saw an opportunity to isolate Iran, approach, uh, approach Sunni nations, convince them what they didn't need convincing uh, about the existential threat that is Iran, and, and make that the centerpiece of his foreign policy called maximum pressure, which was working, and collateral to that, have these Sunni states cooperate with Israel, especially with regard to security. Isolate Iran, maximum pressure, increase the temperature, and engage in, in, in these accords that, 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 that were signed and encourage on a daily basis intelligence cooperation between Israel and these Sunni states. And it was all happening. And it was terribly successful. It was, it was, and the temperature in the Middle East went down accordingly as opposed to today. This is what happens when maximum pressure is repealed and, quite frankly, acquiescence, indulgence is the policy. And acquiescence and indulgence and appeasement has been the Biden foreign policy with regard to Iran from the jump. And this is what you get. This is what you get when you appease a terrorist state. And our ugly, uh, really not thought out exit of Afghanistan, also in that region, uh, is, you know... Uh, certainly uh, part of what is happening. When you appease, when you indulge, when you show weakness on the world stage, miscreants pay attention. Terror groups pay attention. Terror regimes pay attention. And that's they precisely saw the what's weakness occurred. that we exhibited, starting with Afghanistan and continuing with our foreign policy, not to mention our energy policy. And don't well. forget, the generals in Afghanistan told... President Biden, this would be a disaster. Don't do it. And he went ahead and did it anyway. Last observation with regard to this show. And this is something you may not be reading about or hearing about very much, but we think it's very relevant. And that concerns speech. So what you've seen in the last 24, 48, 72 hours is pro-Palestinian sentiment, pro-Palestinian advocates, sort of the hard progressive left, especially on college campuses, but not only on college campuses, come out with various statements in support of Hamas. And you haven't seen one conservative commentator, one conservative politician, one Republican, anybody on the right, ask to shut them down, ask to censor them, ask to chill their speech, seek to chill their speech. And that's appropriate because in a free country with the First Amendment and free speech and dissent and everything we, we usually celebrate in this country, we shouldn't do that. And we're not doing that because we want the world to see what they're really about, what their values really are, what their moral, morals truly are about in this world. And to the extent anyone out there wants to support Hamas and mass killing of innocents, go at it. Get out. Let, let's hear your views. I no, don't want to censor you. Everybody should see it and interpret it for what it really is. A clear example of consequences but not censoring was a Harvard alum 
who wanted the names of the protesters to uh, put out there to make sure that he did not hire any of those protesters. Well, not just protest, babe, but pro-Hamas. Pro, well, pro, I, meant, yeah, yeah, yeah. I meant pro-Hamas yeah, yeah. protesters. And we also read last night on Twitter about uh, a major law firm. Doing the same. Right. And wanting the same. Well, And, and, and in fact, um, eliminating an offer, rejecting an offer that already given to a, a certain law student uh, whose views spoke to a pro-Hamas uh, viewpoint. So we're not saying censorship. This is a free country. We celebrate speech. We celebrate dissent. We celebrate dialogue. We celebrate this country, which is you know, fights and arguments and fighting with the British is how we actually got here <laughs> and taxes and all that. So we're not trying to shut anybody down, but to the extent you want to engage and indulge a terrorist organization on the public stage and social media platforms, live with the consequences, live with the consequences. Speech always has consequences. I mean, hey. you know, that's, that's wow. the freedom of What it. a traditionalist you are. Are you a mom? <laughs> are you really a mom? I don't know. I believe in the Constitution. Yeah, I know you do. So just some preliminary thoughts for your initial review, for your initial interpretation with regard to a very dangerous chapter in the ongoing sag of Israel and the Palestinians. And uh, our prayers are certainly with the innocents in, in Israel, and our prayers are, are with the uh, Bibi Netanyahu and his government as they try to restore a sense of, of balance and peace to that war-torn country. Thanks for listening. Godspeed.